Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast, my first season. Greg and I have never worked together before, but we did meet at XGO Reunion 2 in Cancun in 2008. My first season was a snorkeling geo in Club Med Cancun in October of 1999. Before Club Med, I went to Intercontinental University, the UIC, in Mexico City, and have a degree in international trading and work as an expert manager in a chocolate factory. And no, I was not an Oompa Loompa. I had a very close encounter with a bull shark in Cancun, was snorkeling with GMs, and even got stung by a jellyfish in my mouth when I was outside the water. And yes, Greg really wants me to talk about this story. My name is Gonzo, and this is my first season. Gonzo, how are you? I'm doing fine, buddy. How are you? Hola, que tal? I am good. Thank you for coming on the on the show. Thank you very much. No, thank to you, man. I really appreciate it. And just so people know, I'm not uh, making fun of you. Gonzo is not your real name, but a nickname, correct? Yes, absolutely. My name is Gonzalo, but due to the pronunciations and stuff when they read different letters, I just decided to keep it as Gonzo and obviously use a lot of uh, you know, redirected to the Muppets, so everybody keep it sticky and think about me fast. Okay, and yeah, I'm told you got this nickname before, well before Club Med, right? Yes, it was a teacher from fourth uh, fourth grade in school. In the school, she liked to call me Gonzo. I didn't like it at the beginning, but uh, you know, it's all good. But then I just love it. So in your intro, well, yeah, well, you know how the show goes. You, we we take we ask you to take us back a bit to you know where you're living, where you were working, or before you go into school, and then how how did you find out about Club Med? Had you found out about Club Med before you attended university? Yes, you know it's really funny because here in Mexico, Club Med is not as popular in lots of people of uh, places in the world. Here in Mexico, I just once watched a T-shirt from Club Mediterrane from a girl from my school, but I didn't even talk to her, but I liked the t-shirt. And then I went on vacation to Cancun when I was 18. Oh, you did? I, you did? Yes. What, I, year, what year would that have been around? That was about like uh, 1992. Okay. And I was staying at Las Brisas, pretty close to the village. So I went there and I used to go jogging every morning up to, the, to, the, to that beach. And it was something funny to me, just like, oh, the club. It's quite exclusive, or it's, I don't, I don't know what is it, but you know it was kind of restricted the area by the security people. So I just keep on going and coming back, and that was everything I knew until a couple of friends uh, years later decided to go, and they were working for Maeva and another resort. They told me to go and try, but I was not really into it until I started working and working and working to pay for my university degree and suddenly I realized that I have spent more time working and studying than having vacation and someone told me about like hey why don't you try a little bit of a club bed or something like that so I decided to send my resume there to Veronique the HR girl here in Mexico and then just I decided to go to Cancun where my cousin lives she told me hey come here We'll find a, a work for you either with my husband or you can go and look for some other things. I, as I mentioned, I have a degree in international trading. So thoughts, okay, let's go and check out for some custom brokers or, or some traders, whatever. 
and I decided to go. And you know, the day I arrived, it uh, I got a call from my parents, and they told me, "Man, someone from a place called Club Med called you, and they want to have an interview with you." And uh, well, I just did not even spend one day in Cancun looking for a job when I finally got a call, talked to this girl, uh, Veronique, and she told me, all right, man, you know, we need a lifeguard. So your profile batch is pretty good because you have the CPR, you got the diver's license and you get like uh, some knowledge of uh, language. I got like, yeah, no problem. I used to be a swimmer also uh, in, in my sports club. So I, I was pretty comfortable in the water. Wait, uh, Gonzo, can I back you up a, a moment here? Anytime, man. So were you going to school full-time, working part-time? Is that what you were doing to pay your studies? Yeah, my career started in the evening. So it was 4 o'clock to 10 o'clock. So during the morning, I went to work like part-time. And then I, I went to the university. That was the deal with, my, with the, company I was work, the company I was working. You went to, so you were going to school at night? Yes. So what time? Uh, from 4 to 10 p.m. Yikes. That sounds like a full full course load you were taking. Yeah. yeah. How long did yeah. you do that for? Uh, four years. Oh boy. Okay. Four years. Well, that's yeah. pretty uh, pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, you got to do what you got to do because I had no chance to get like scholarship and that kind of thing. So I went straight to it, and then I finished on ninety eight, and then keep on working. And you know, there's no more school, so you can go full time to to the job and keep on going and going. So I really have like no vacations for about like six years in, in a row. I got, you know, every other time a long weekend or something like that, but no vacations like that. So that's the reason I just said, okay, that's enough. I'm gonna take like a sabbatic and decide, okay, I might try six months and let's see what happens. So I quit my job in this uh, chocolate factory and went straight to Cancun. So, but you said you had a you were certified as a, as a lifeguard, correct? So is that why they put you in snorkeling? Uh, well, I was certified as a diver, and I got you know also a certification for the CPR. Yes. And I was a swimmer, so uh, it was really interesting because they told me they want me as a lifeguard, and I told Veronique, "Yes, I'm absolutely okay." Where? Oh, it's going to be in Nixtapa. Oh, I'm absolutely okay. But, you know, right now I'm located in Cancun. So if you can pay my ticket from Cancun to Nixtapa, everything will be okay. She told me, oh, so you're in Cancun. Let's uh, check it out. You need to go to this address and please ask for Mr. Hammer. I thought like, oh, that's a nice uh, last name, Hammer. And uh, the day after I went straight to the village, uh, I was supposed to be, I don't know, let's say, call it 12 o'clock in the, in the meeting. So they left me at the main entrance and the main gate and I was on time, but I didn't know I needed to walk and walk and walk and walk. Okay, okay and wait, a, wait a minute, Gonzo, you're going too fast. You got to let me get some questions in here. <laughs> Are you saying, you're saying you're living in Cancun and you got sent to Cancun? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, it was uh, really funny because oh. uh, obviously it was going to be pretty expensive to send me from Cancun to Ixtapa. Well, how far, how, how far away, uh, no, approximately, did you live from the village? Like, how, like, where were you living in Cancun? How far, say, a car ride was it? Yeah, let's call it 
I think like uh, 15 minutes away by car. Fifteen one five. Yeah. Wow. Okay. All right. So, did you finally meet Mr. Hammer? <laughs> yeah, I I just arrived. Sweat. I was sweating like a pig because obviously I, I didn't know what was it. So I arrived like pretty smart looking, and I started walking and I saw there was nothing in front of me. So I started rushing and rushing, and the humidity and and the weather is too different from Mexico City. So. I was sweating like when you finish the crazy science, something like that. And I asked for Mr. Hammer and there was, I remember Peggy was there at the front desk and she looked at me like, Mr. Hammer? Oh, no, no, it's Hammer. Okay. Yeah, no, he's not around, but Ryan Leach can take care of you. So I met Mr. Ryan Leach and... uh, Well, wait, what was, what was, what was, uh, wait a minute. Who was the chief there? Uh, it was Hammer, but he was outside. I think maybe it was Handel's promotion. So he was not in the village for a couple of days. But what was Ryan Leach doing there? Uh, he was the chief of sport, but he took uh, over the okay. chief of the village for, okay. for a couple of days. Okay, so that's a pretty good time to arrive, right? Yeah, so it was like everything, like when you play Tetris and everything falls where it needs to be falling, just like that. So he just gave me a tour around the village, explained me about like GOs, GMGs, and all those places, what you do, what, uh, what are you requested? And he told me, it's really cool. You do the snorkeling from this time to this time. Then you have your lunch break and you have uh, some time for yourself. And then you need to show up at the bar and just mingle with the people, go to the bar and then just take them back to the to the shows, and you do something we call crazy science. Uh, it's really cool. Uh, so uh, tell me, are you in? And I told him, okay, I need something kind of a test drive because it sounds too perfect to be true, no? So he told me, oh, I like the way you think, man. So well, wait a minute, you hadn't seen the crazy signs yet. Okay, no, I haven't just, seen. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, he told me nothing like that. He just show me like very very easy and very cool so i was checking out like uh, okay what's the catch here i am i on candid camera or something like that and then he told me okay absolutely i like the way you think so see you tomorrow we start at 8 30 so the day after i brought my bathing suit and my and some extra clothes and started he introduced me to Faisal to Gabriel, and I think it was Roberto, the other snorkeling guy. And uh, they told me how it was it. And they told me a story that a couple of days before, Crocodile decided to go snorkeling in, on that beach and that everybody was taking pictures of uh, the crocodile, don't caring about it was a crocodile, as a matter of fact. So they needed to call maintenance. And well, wait, 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 wait a minute. You're saying he went to the uh, he went from the lagoon to the ocean side? Yeah, yeah. He just feel like going and take a dive into the ocean side. So there was a crocodile in the reef for a couple of uh, hours. As I told you, I didn't see it, but you can ask these guys, okay. uh, Fazal, and they will tell you the story. Cool. And yeah, so it was pretty cool talking to them, hanging out, and Sully, you know the. Hours passed as Ryan explained me, they were gonna be happening. It was pretty, pretty cool. He handed me a small booklet of, you know, bar tickets so I could 
have a, a couple of uh, rings or sodas, whatever. And suddenly he told me like, okay, it's crazy time, uh, crazy science time. I go like, what? Yeah, come here. And I just was in front of the people in, in the former volleyball court and they started playing music and I was, you know, dancing like a crazy guy because I had no idea where was I heading or what was I doing, but I just go with it. And, it and, and Gonzo, Gonzo, were you a good dancer back then? No, I have never been a good dancer. Okay. Uh, <laughs> well, you're too busy but, st studying, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it's really funny that you mentioned that because also was a dance instructor there. And it was really funny because every time I pass in front of the dance lessons, she's like, ah, we got Gonzo here. Come on and join us. I go like, no way, please. But, you know, she had the mic. So I need to go there. And I showed every time that I pass over there that I have two left feet. So I told her, okay, why do you call me? Well, because you're Mexican and you Mexicans all know how to dance. I told her, no, <laughs> not all the Mexicans know how to dance. And I'm one of those. But, you know, I really, I really appreciated that because the two or three dance steps that I use up to date are thanks to Gina and her dance lessons and her one, two, ready, go, rock step, side, rock step, side. So that's, uh, that's okay. my story. Okay, now wait a minute. So did this convince, however, did this convince the choreographer that you didn't know how to dance or did he or she still try to get you in the shows? Well, Julie... Hammer's wife was a choreographer. So you didn't have a choice then, I'm guessing? <laughs> yeah, I didn't have a choice, okay. but I think Hammer saw my comedy skills. Okay. And <laughs> Meaning while and, you were dancing or he just thought you were funny? <laughs> no, yeah, I, I thought maybe he says like, oh, he's funny looking. And he decided to get me in the show with uh, La Briga de Lulu. I don't know if uh, you remember that yes, show. Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. So that was my first show, imagine, from the shy guy that was working from the chocolate factory and checking out stuff like that, just going on stage with La Brigada de Lulu. And uh, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, certain numbers uh, of this uh, or version of this number have to wear a G-string. Is that what you're saying? You had to wear a G-string? Uh, sometimes you don't need to wear them. Oh, okay, uh, got it, got yeah. it. So, so here you are, university student. You're plunked right yeah. into Brigade Lulu on your first uh, your first week, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, okay. that was really really interesting because I had Scott Smith, Jr., Red, Gary, a couple of uh, of the GOs there. Oh, all those and guys were there when you were there. Yeah. Wow. So it was really really interesting, and uh, I still was a swimmer, so I used to do a lot of swimming with my speedo. So I got some interesting uh, sun lines uh, while doing the show so okay <laughs> <laughs> so you didn't have the board short tan lines that's good okay. <laughs> yeah <laughs> exactly and right. uh, that's the reason they recognized me when i uh turned around so oh that's gonzo okay that's a, that's a guy well and, you, me you mentioned uh you had a you had a shark encounter in your intro so after how many uh, weeks did this happen when you were taking gm snorkeling well it happened quite a, a way after after that maybe like by the end of the season, I took two guys from uh, Quebec that wanted, they really, really wanted to go into the ocean. And, you know, Cancun could be really tricky. It can get like the best weather ever, or you can just get like nothing. And even worse, when it gets choppy water, you see not, it's really murky. So they were 
all about all ready to to take back uh, to take off to Montreal. And they told me, hey, can we please go? So I'm like, okay, guys, you've been here. No worries. I'll take my uh, lunch break and I'll take you outside of the of the barrier. So I told them a little bit of the science for you know for the lobster, for the octopus, for whatever, and even for the sharks. So we went out around the barrier, and we were really lucky that day. We got something like a spider crab and trumpet fish and stingrays and all sort of fishes. And suddenly, like, I don't know, like, let's say 50 yards away from us, I saw the silhouette of a shark. So I started pounding my, my hand against my, my, uh, my palm to make some noise. And they turned around and I did the shark uh, sign for them. So that meant they will remain calm, keep their arms close to the body, and that was gonna be it. And I said, like, as soon as this shark sees there's a couple of humans, as usually they turn around and they don't like to hang out with humans. I thought it was a black tip shark that they, those are the, what the, you get to see every other time swimming because the nurse sharks remain at the bottom. And slowly it starts approaching us. And I realized that was quite bigger. And keeps on approaching and approaching. And I got like, oh no, that's a bull shark. And I don't know where did I get my hero cape. Uh, and I just decided to get these guys into small kind of shape uh, of a cave along the reef and put them behind me. And we were holding there and just like waiting for it. So suddenly after a couple of seconds, I said like, okay, maybe just turn around and uh, left. So I left the back, and when I get my, ha- my head out of that kind of a cove, the first thing I got is the face of the shark in front of me. I don't know, like three feet away from me. But it was hilarious because it didn't expect it to see a gonzo. I was not expecting to see a bull shark. So like in Scooby-Doo, <laughs> when they meet the monster, it just turned around and swim away like really, really fast. And I just went back a couple of, uh, a, a little bit and it's cracking up because I just didn't expect that. Oh, so these guys, these GMs were so, so happy because they say like, oh, you got us to see barracudas and pufferfish and this is, and that shark. Why didn't you tell us you have a shark? I said like, man, I do not know exactly what do we have or not, but they were really, really happy. And they even sent like, you know, good notes on me that, uh, from that weekend. So it was a uh, very nice uh, stuff to get in, in front of that kind of thing. You know, as I told you, I got used to big fish along that uh, season, but yeah, that was, I don't know, like a 12 footer. I'm also taking away, you know, the fear factor and the re- refraction factor with, a, uh, with a, a mask. But yeah, I think it was a 12 footer. And then the day after the scuba diving guys told me, ah, oh, you remember, uh, you're the guy that saw the bull, uh, bull shark. Yeah, we were diving just in front of the reef. And yes, we saw it and it was, yeah, like a 12 footer. So like, wow, okay. I got that kind of encounter just like that. Okay, sir, I am dying to know about this jellyfish story. I've been stung by a jellyfish, but how do you get stung by a jellyfish in the mouth outside the water? Please tell me. Yes, well, this was actually a couple of seasons after when I was in Sonora Bay. 
that was in 2001. And uh, I was snorkeling and sailing uh, geo there. And we had plenty of uh, Portuguese man of war. Well, these are actually not jellyfish, but they stung, sting like that. So I was helping my buddies to take one of these uh, catamarans outside of the water. And uh, Okay, wait, one question before you go on. Had you, prior to this, had you been stung by a jellyfish before? Uh, no. That was... Okay, you have never, okay, so you've never been stung. Okay, please go on. So uh, I was helping these guys to get the hobbit cat outside of the water, and we were pushing and pulling, uh, pulling it outside. And then I just grabbed one of the rotors, and uh, I felt something that was burning my fingers. So I immediately, my reaction was to get my finger into my mouth. So in the meantime, like in an action movie, I saw in slow-mo that I have a tentacle of one of those uh, Portuguese man of war stuck in, in my finger. So I saw how it slowly went to my mouth. I got my lips burned and my tongue uh, stung by this thing outside of the water. I was never expecting to, to get stung like that, no? But, uh, okay, wait. So, you, so you're saying it was kind of happening in slow motion. You saw what you were going to do, but your, but your brain didn't register quick enough to say, don't put your finger in your mouth. Is that what happened? <laughs> yeah, it was like that. It was, you know, in a nick of time that it happened. Okay. But I saw it like in slow-mo, what the thing I was doing. Like, no, yeah, and you did it. Like that. Okay, so, you know, I've been stung before and it, next to a scorpion bite is very painful. So how do you treat <laughs> a jellyfish bite in the mouth oh my god <laughs> i we have vinegar okay okay, so. <laughs> okay good good for vinegar okay <laughs> yeah and you know that was quite mild but uh in cancun also let's go back to cancun i got stung like plenty of those things i went back to uh, t taking people outside of the uh reef the advanced uh, snorkelers and suddenly i got one guy that said like, hey, can we go back? I got just tongue on my finger by a jellyfish. So like, yeah, I know it hurts a lot. It's, please remain calm and we're heading back. No, you have no idea. And I tell him, sir, please check out my my back. <laughs> we had we went to, into school of a jellyfish and I could stop and, and turn the people back. Most of them, only that guy got stung. But yeah, I got like really, really bad there. I went back, got some vinegar on my back and felt like everything was cool. But I decided to take a nap and I just realized I passed out until the day after. So yeah, that was a bad uh, jellyfish sting. The Portuguese man of war, you know, it was just the anecdote about getting stung outside of the water, but that was really bad, getting stung from uh, plenty of these things. You started... Clement in 99, when did you finish? What year did you finish? I finished in 2002, closing season of Ixtapa. Okay, so you did, so from Cancun, your first season, you went, was Sonora Bay your second season? No, my second season was in Dominican Republic. Okay. I went to Punta with Hammer. I think for those times, I was lucky to get out of the, of the country pretty fast after my First season or season and a half, I uh, Hammer asked me if I wanted to go with him to Punta, and I obviously say yes. And, you know, we don't have this 
nice snorkeling over there, but I think you're the right guy for archery. And I go like, archery? I have never grabbed a bow and arrow since I was a kid. So he told me, ah, you're, you know, you're gonna learn. So just be gone and you will learn and everything will be cool. So, <laughs> so like, okay, if you say so, boss. And after Punta, uh, where did you go? Then I went to Sonora Bay. Okay. Uh-huh. And after and Sonora? After Sonora, went back to Cancun again when Ryan was the chief of the village. And then when he finished and Gus went uh, to Cancun, they moved me to Ixtapa. It was Karim, the chief of the village there. What did you do in Ixtapa? Uh, sailing as well. I, oh, okay. Oh, interesting. Yes. Wow. Were there uh, certain chiefs of village you click with the most? Like, do you have, uh, do you have favorite chiefs? Yeah. As a matter of fact, you know, Hammer has been like a Yoda to a lot of XGOs because he's the guy that, that tells you what to do, what not to do, how to handle with people and everything. I think most of the people loves Hammer. And uh, I'm one of those, most of the people. He's really, really cool guy. He helped me a lot. Also like Ryan, you know, he was my first uh, contact with Club Med. So I am really grateful about him telling me just to learn the most I, I could and just like working and learning and developing people skills, language skills, and that kind of things. Uh, so those two, I think, are my favorite chief of the village. Do you meet any celebrities at all in your time in Club Med that you recognize or yes. celebrities, athletes, singers? Yes, I recall I met, you remember the Wonder Years? Yes, Fred Savage? Uh, no, his mom. Oh, okay. Oh, she came to Club Med. Okay. Yeah, oh, and nice. I met a girl... Her name was Tatiana. We were hanging out along the week. And suddenly one of my friends told me, hey, you know, who, who's that girl? I'm like, oh, yeah, she's Tatiana. She's a Russian guest. And he told me, no, he, she actually is like a model. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, she models for this Rabbit Head uh, magazine. And I go like, oh, okay. So I, I met this Tatiana girl for a week and I didn't know who she was. So. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. (laughs) Did you have any uh, time to like, did you learn sailing at Clement or did you know how to sail before? No, I, you know, as a city boy, I just knew how to uh, to swim and to dive. And then the rest, like archery, I learned it like the basics in the UNAM, the National University in Mexico. I went a day before leaving to Punta to get like an express uh, lesson with a national coach and uh, sailing. I just learned on the, uh, on, on the road, like every day. Wait, 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 Gonzo, you got a national coach for uh, what taught you, which sport did you say? Archery? Archery. Oh, you didn't need to do that. You know, they sent me to Columbus and I never picked up a bow in my life. So, (laughs) (laughs) well, I I got there and, and, you know, I told him, man, I'm leaving to Punta tomorrow and I'm an instructor. So I need the basics. So he told me a couple of what, what, what they don't tell you is you do a lot of walking in archery, right? Yeah. <laughs> You're always going to the target and back. Okay. Yes. <laughs> More like yeah. power walking. Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like short power walking. So from 99 to about 2002? Yes. Okay. Well, is there any village in the uh, North American zone that you, you wish you had worked out, but didn't get the chance to? You know, I wish that I have 
get the chance to go to Turks and Caicos. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I, I got like a bad luck. When uh, I was ready for, for Turks, Turks was not ready for me. And then we have the 9-11. So it just got a little bit chaotical. And they offered me once uh, Turks, but, you know, those were not the terms I wanted. So I, and I had like an offer from Oakley Sunglasses as a job. And that was the time I decided to stop Club Mail. And that was another story, no? But yeah, Turks and Caicos still hasn't been my dream come true because from Mexico, it's really, really expensive to move. You need to go first to, I don't know, Florida, to Miami or some Florida airports. And then you go to Turks. So it becomes a lot of hours and quite expensive. So oh, in the future, I wish I can go. But so far, it's something I, I kind of regret about not taking that offer uh, on that time. After all years in Club Ed, did you have a favorite crazy sign ultimately? Is there, do you like any? Like, Do you have a top three? Is there one that you hear when you're in the grocery store and it comes on and you start dancing in the aisles? Does that happen to you? Did you? Well, you know, I, I like uh, so like the Tropic. Oh, really? I like it a lot. Yeah. It, you know, when I'm depressed, I turn it on in my car and I think about my happy place that it's uh, Club Med Cancun. They call it. Wait, wait, wait when you're depressed, you and, pl- uh, you, when you're depressed, you play Sunlight de Tropic? Yeah, absolutely. When, when, when I hear that song, it makes me depressed. No, I'm kidding, <laughs> everyone. I'm kidding. I like that one. Because <laughs> that's, yeah. that's one of the original, the OG, OG crazy signs, if you will, right? That's uh, That one goes way back, even before our time, you know? Something like that, yeah. So Because yeah. you and I were 90s, 90 geos, but I think that one goes back, whew, if I'm not mistaken, to the 70s, 80s. That's that one. Did you have yeah. another favorite one? Did you like? Uh, uh, Mila. Uh, the, oh, the yeah, Brazilian Mila. Song. Yeah, nice one, eh? Yeah, those are like my two top and, you know, something funny kind of uh, nationalist is the Muevelo, Muevelo. Uh, yes, <laughs> I like that one uh, too. And also, uh, so, no, no one really mentions it, but I never hear anyone say they like tequila, boom, boom, tequila, boom. boom. Yes, <laughs> well, as a matter of fact, that was the one that made me, made my premiere with uh, with Club Mail when I had no idea about crazy science. Oh, really? Tequila, boom, boom was... <laughs> Okay. my premiere so it wasn't that uh, that hard but yeah it was my first my first time okay do you have any other funny stories from any other funny uh, any other seasons well i got one not from most of them are from cancun i got them a little bit twisted because i don't know if it was my first or my fourth season there okay. but this one is when i arrived i was hanging with he with gary with uh red and some of the guys and uh, well, they were asking me where did I was from, everything. And I, ha- I have in my pocket a bunch of candies. So I was talking to them and getting candies into my mouth. They asked me, hey, man, what are, what are you eating? I said, like, oh, sorry, guys. Yeah, it's Mexican candy. Uh, they want some. Yeah, yeah. I so, said, like, yeah, I don't want to be bad guy and just not, not uh, sharing. So I handed a little bit of this candy to these guys. And suddenly all of them started like coughing and coughing like, ah, what the hell is this? I'm like, what, it's candy. No, this thing burns. And I started cracking up because Mexican candy, a lot of them have chili powder in them. Really? So yeah, it's something really funny because they thought I was making a bad joke on them. 
But no, I, I see kids that are three year old and eat those candies and have no problem. So I never thought about uh, a lot of people does not eat uh, chili and they got really mad at me. And then by the end, they understood it was not my intention to get them burned. But yeah, all of them at the same time were coughing and got really mad at, about uh, me sharing those kind of candy. Um, okay so for you it was nothing right like you're you're, you're used yeah. to it right okay. yeah it's like the typical when they say no pica no it's not uh it's not spicy it's not hot and that means for anyone that is not mexican yeah it's pretty hot so okay. <laughs> i just keep it like that and you know it's something you eat and as i told you you hand it to kids that are three-year-old four-year-olds and they have no problem about it so it was really funny to me i was cracking up and they didn't th uh, take it like so good. And then they understood it was a Mexican thing. Everything was cool. And then the other time I used to be kind of a prankster. So once I met a, a GM that uh, played a joke on me and, and her first day she came and she started making jokes because she was friend of another a GM that uh, became friend with me. So she told her to pull my leg by those asking some questions. And I just decided to take it back on her. So on their arrival, we used to give the GMs a small uh, white envelope with their room number tags and a little bit of instructions. And she asked me, hey, do you know what these tags are for? And it has like the name of the building and the room number. Just told her, okay, you know, for the first arrivals, you need to put uh, to wear those uh, tags on your wrist for the first two nights. So she, I was so serious that she was wearing that thing for the whole day. Everywhere she went, she went from El Gallo 1323 or something like that. And everybody was staring at her and staring at her until one of, uh, of my fellows asked her, hey, why are you wearing that? I don't know, Gonzo told me that it's for the uh, newcomers. So I just got a little bit scalded afterwards for making that kind of jokes on the gems, which, uh, yeah, that was, <laughs> that sounds pretty harmless. <laughs> yeah. You know, it was pretty harmless, but yeah. <laughs> and you know, she, uh, she was really cool because, uh, her friend told her to hang out with me and ha having fun and everything. So it was all cool, but, uh, my fellows didn't take it though that good. Ah, oh, you should not do that. Yeah, whatever. But yeah, that kind of things happen every time. Do you recall any like animation passage that an animator did that you liked? Like do any, like, I don't know. I don't ask this question often, but I'm just curious if there was one from your first season or any season that an animator did that you liked. Well, we have Cristo. I don't know if you ever heard or met him. I think I've heard of him. Yes. From Montreal. He was one of the craziest guys ever. He got really control of his body. So he did the restaurant intro by falling down, like rolling from the stairs. In uh, in Cancun, yeah, in Cancun. Oh, that's yeah. quite that's quite a way down, right? <laughs> yeah. So it, it and was it, and it turns. Okay. So he would do this all the time, or what? Yeah, he he could do that kind of things all the time, and he also did the Jim Carrey's, uh, you know, hand attack when he plays the claw in Liar Liar. Oh, okay. Kind of, oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So he pretend he's fighting against his own hand and that kind of things. He was great by controlling his body and facial muscles and everything. He was one of a kind. I think he's got like a TV show in, in Montreal and some YouTube 
uh, YouTube uh, channels. I, oh, oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Didn't uh, know that. Le Monde Cristo or something like that is the name of his program. Oh, okay. All right. Cool. Now, do you recall working your first Christmas and New Year's in uh, Club Bed? Was it uh, rough? Was it okay? You know, for me, Christmas and New Year's or like any other day for you? For me, it was great to see like all the big party and everything. It was something absolutely different uh, to me. And that that night we had, uh, we were lucky and we had lobster. And yeah, it was, I, I like a lot. It, you know, it was a lot of effort to make everything happen. Moving bleachers, uh, getting stuff to, to be done, the Christmas tree and the uh, getting all the colors and the entrances and everything moving and moving and moving. But, you know, by the end of the night, you were really, really happy that everybody was happy and having a, a big smile. We also had like the 2000 uh, welcome. We had like a cocktails in the snorting area for the first uh, uh, sunrise of the, of the millennium. So it was really, really nice. That, those dates, I liked them a lot working. Um, and yeah, and as a matter of fact, I was lucky. I had a situation also uh, when it was my day off. I didn't know that there we had a situation with the G's in, in Punta and they didn't show up to work, but it was my day off. So I remained all the day in my room. So when I felt a little bit hungry, I arrived to the restaurant and I see all the geos serving plates and helping people. And I just stood in line with the rest of the GM, GMs and start asking, oh, guys, nice to see you there, whatever. And they turn back at me and looking like, what the hell are you doing, man? Why are you not helping? And then I just realized that there was like a situation with the roads or something like that. And the geos needed to go and take care of the housekeeping and the kitchen and everything. And I just didn't know, so I just grabbed my my plate and turned back to the uh, to my room. And then in, in the night, they told me that that was what happened. No, but I was like, yeah. is this kind of a passage or what is happening? Why are they still <laughs> okay. doing that kind of things? But you know, I was lucky. I didn't. I, I was not there to work, and they just realized that I was innocent and ignorant enough not to help them anymore. So that was it. No. Going back to your going back to your first season. So you were living in Cancun. You you go to to Club Med Cancun. So did you have any kind of uh, culture shock or Club Med culture shock, if you will, at all? Like, did anything surprise you? Yeah. You know, I have attended a bilingual school since I was a kid, but you learn English from Mexican teachers with Mexican accent. So you don't have the difference between the B and the B or you have an E to anything that begins with an S and goes with a consonant and st- instead of saying spelling, you say a spelling and that kind of things. So I said like, yeah, I'm perfect. I'm here, I speak Spanish, English, so I'm the king of the world. So my first day also, I met a couple of French gyms and they go to me, ça va? And I go like, uh, ça va? Uh. Until they started waving their hands, I just realized it was some kind of hello. And I just replied, Saba? Oui, Saba. Ah, Saba. And that minute, I just realized I was really, really ignorant and decided to learn more languages. And then along that season, I learned that there's plenty of 
accents between Canadians and Americans and uh, British and New Zealand and all those countries that speak English for one or another reason. So I learned a lot how to adjust myself and my ears in order to understand all of them. And sometimes I can get some, some of the accents when I'm speaking. I even passed for a Canadian for about three months <laughs> to a friend of mine. So she got really mad when she realized I was not Canadian, but okay. you know, I was <laughs> It's okay. We'll make you an honorary Canadian. There's no yeah, problem. Yeah, absolutely. At all. You I like, do you like maple syrup? Okay. okay. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. You you're, know, you're in. Okay. I tried it for first time in in Club Med because here in Mexico we only have this uh, corn syrup with a maple flavor, and it's absolutely different. Yes, that's what I hear. Yeah, so I know it's a big uh, it's a big thing in Quebec too. Maple syrup. It's like liquid gold. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Now, big question. So this is where I, I try and find out which one of your seasons was magical, if any, of all the seasons you did. Do you think one stood out more than the others, or did you like them all the same for different reasons? Or was it just one that was like too special because of the team? You know, if it was your first one because it was your first one, you tell me. Well, I think all of them had like lots of really, really important and interesting things to me. But uh, obviously, Cancun, as I told you, it's like my second home. I still arrive and get the housekeepers waving, hey, Gonzo, how are you? And I get like, God, how come they remember my name after so many years and so many geos and Gs and whomever passes by and, uh, you know, they can get to know you by name and they're like so nice. So all the things that I learned, I learned a little bit also of uh, Portuguese, a little bit of Italian, French, I can speak uh, Quebecois, so it helps a lot. I, I understand the Europeans and the Canadians. And uh, yeah, it developed me as, uh, as a people. I, I really enjoy hanging out with different people, so it helped me a lot. So that was the Mag- Magic uh, Village. And Sonora Bay, just by all the mix they have with the desert and the ocean and all that mix, it's not, it was not the most uh, luxurious uh, village, but I like it a lot. Those two are my favorite. If you ask me, I could go like blindfolded and say, yes, I, I go back there. Excellent answer. Now, before I let you go, is there any, I don't let you go because you've been so kind and with your time and, and all that. Is there anything that you'd wanted to say, or if something I forgot to ask you, like, uh, I don't let you go unless I know we covered a lot, but is there something I didn't ask you you wanted to say or, or, or is it good? Are we all good? <laughs> because uh, you've been so kind with your time. I didn't, I don't, I wouldn't forgive myself if I let you go without you saying something or if there's something I forgot to ask you. Mm, well, no, I think uh, most of it, it's, it's cover and the rest maybe will not because of the Alzheimer, but uh <laughs> would you, if, if someone were listening to this, who was thinking about applying to Club Med, would you recommend it to them? Yeah, absolutely. Even though it has changed. And I remember the dinos telling us, oh, me in my times, I had no days off. And obviously all the ancient times will be better than the actual ones. But I'm sure that anyone that wants to expand their horizons should give it a shot into Club Med life and get to know a little bit more of uh, cultures and lifestyles and getting to learn 
different uh, sports that you will never be able to dream about, like uh, flying trapeze and I don't know, even archery, things that are sometimes too expensive or quite different to get, I would give it a shot. You know, if you tell me again, ah, would you be a, a Geo again? Yeah, no, I won't think, uh, think it, uh, about it again. I will just go back, no problem. So I recommend it to anyone that is listening or is considering to recommend it to their brothers or sons or whomever they are. Yeah, absolutely, go for it. And there you have it, right from the mouth of Mr. Gonzo. Well, Gonzo, I really want to thank you again for uh, for coming on the show and taking the time with us today. Really appreciate it. No, thanks to you, uh, Greg. It has been a pleasure. And I hope we see we meet again at another XGO reunion and have that tequila. For sure. And also mezcal. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I still remember my last uh, my last bouting with mezcal. Yes. A little strong, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a little bit strong, but you know it has a lot of variants. It's not only like tequila. There's the, the white, the aged, and the and and the other one, the, the mature one. You can get the, uh, depending on the area they prepare it and the way they prepare it. So you have a great gamma. So I like it a little bit better than tequila. As long as we can wash it down with those uh, with those chili candies, no problem at all. Exactly, man. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> All right, everyone, that was from Mexico City, Mr. Gonzo, and we'll see you all next week. Say bye, Gonzo. Thank you, guys. See you next time. Bye.